Thank you for joining us. In this podcast, we are real people talking about real things, child abuse and neglect, a topic that is all too often left in the shadows of silence, leaving survivors alone, fearful, and oftentimes without a voice. We're having conversations to become louder than silence. It is here where we will invite you to join us and be the change needed to end child abuse and neglect. I'm Dick Krugman. I'm chair of the board of the National Foundation to End Child Abuse and Neglect. Uh, I'm also a distinguished professor of pediatrics at the University of Colorado School of Medicine. And I spent the last... uh, 50 years of my life being a pediatrician, uh, also dean of the medical school, and along with uh, Lori Poland, co-founded the National Foundation. Uh, Child abuse as a field is uh, certainly not a new one. Uh, It's got a very interesting history. Uh, It's been around for millennia. Uh, There are uh, Egyptian hieroglyphics uh, that have been uncovered that show the beating of children. Uh, There was clearly sexual abuse of children back uh, in Roman times. Uh, One good example, I suppose, is uh, the castration of boys uh, so that they could be kept Uh, as sopranos or altos uh, for their singing. Uh, There was a fascinating textbook of obstetrics and gynecology written by a Greek physician named Sorinus in the year 200 AD. And Sorinus had a book where he described how to manage pregnancy and women and how to deliver their babies. Uh, And then he had a, his last chapter was called how to choose a wet nurse. Um, I guess in Greek times, uh, there were special wet nurses who uh, nursed babies uh, for the many of the women of uh, Greece or Athens, probably at the time. And Sorna said, you know, you should choose a wet nurse who has what he called an even temperament, because he wrote that uh, wet nurses who don't have an even temperament uh, will shake and tremble when babies cry, and the babies will fall from their hands, and Weeks later, they will have big heads and water on the brain. Now, this is a description in 200 AD of what we now call uh, a shaken baby syndrome. Uh, And it's the leading cause of death in infants in the United States and Britain and around the world. in infants under a year of age where they cry and cry and cry and they're shaken or suffocated or they're lifted up and thrown against a wall in frustration by someone who doesn't have an even temperament. So this has been around quite a while. Uh, In 
1860, there was a French physician named uh, Ambroise Tardieu. Tardieu was the equivalent of the medical examiner for Paris. And he wrote a paper that described the 32 children who had been killed, he said, uh, beaten at the hands of their parents in 1860 in Paris. And he called on French physicians to do something about the problem. Uh, and he was ignored. In 1866, Tardieu actually wrote a book on infectious disease, and he described uh, genital infections in young children, six to 10 years of age. And he said, these are children who are being sexually abused, and we should do something about this problem. Uh, because children shouldn't be sexually abused. And again, Tardio was ignored. Uh, interestingly, one of the physicians working with him was a Viennese physician by the name of Sigmund Freud. And he knew all about Tardieu, uh and his work in physical and sexual abuse. And when he went back to Vienna and began to practice psychiatry, he had a case of a woman named Dora who described to him her sexual abuse and incest at the hands of her father. And the other physicians in uh, Vienna, the other psychiatrist, said uh, that isn't true. Uh, women have what they called the Oedipal complex uh, and the fantasy of having sex with their fathers. Uh, and Freud, uh, sadly, recanted his views and never talked about abuse again, and probably set the field of child abuse and neglect back by about a century. In the 1960s, a century after Tardieu, Henry Kemp, a pediatrician here in Denver, published a paper called The Battered Child Syndrome. And that paper uh, brought public attention to the problem of abuse and neglect uh, in a very impactful way. Henry knew that physicians weren't interested about this because a year before his paper was published, uh, he presented his findings at a meeting of a thousand pediatricians in Chicago, Illinois, at the American Academy of Pediatrics in 1961. And after a three-hour symposium where he described the physical findings of battered children who he had seen here in Denver at Colorado General Hospital, uh, the psychiatric findings, the x-ray findings, the social environment, he had a social worker, Elizabeth Elmer on the panel, and lawyers and judges, at the end of three hours, a thousand pediatricians stood up and left the room silently saying, not in my practice, it doesn't happen here. Uh, Henry's paper would have been ignored if he hadn't invited a reporter for the Chicago Tribune uh, to be at his three hour symposium. And the next day there was a headline in the Chicago Tribune 
at said battered children in America. And the field at that time took off. One other historical point I should mention, because this wasn't all medical uh, in how it goes, although that's my lens, I suppose, being a pediatrician. But in uh, New York City in the eight, late 1800s, there was a young girl named uh, Mary Ellen, who was a five-year-old who a public health nurse by the name of Etta Wheeler uh, found. Uh, Etta was visiting a house on the east side of Manhattan, and uh, Mary Ellen was chained in the closet where she had been kept uh, for most of her life. Uh, Etta uh, took her uh, concern about Mary Ellen to uh, a lawyer by the name of Eldridge Jerry. Jerry was an interesting man because he was the one who, uh, if you, we know something about politics called gerrymandering, he's the one who discovered it. He designed uh, electoral districts in New York so that the Democratic Party would win. Uh, Jerry took the case of Mary Ellen to court and he used the statute that New York had passed uh, that made it uh, unlawful to be cruel to animals. So it was the animal cruelty statute uh, that he used. And he got a expert witness from Columbia to say that in, uh, in the world, there are three kingdoms, the animal kingdom, uh, the vegetable kingdom, uh, and uh, the mineral kingdom, animal, vegetable, mineral. And he could state with uh, absolute certainty that Mary Ellen was not a plant, and that as an animal, uh, since she was part of that kingdom, the statute should apply to her. And the judge agreed. And on the basis of that uh, case, she was removed from her home and put in an orphanage for her own protection, where she spent the next uh, 13 years of her childhood growing up and going to school. She later became a social worker, uh, and moved to upstate New York, and was uh, very, very involved in the world of child welfare. So it was both the health and the child welfare roots uh, that brought child abuse in the 1960s, finally, uh, to our public attention. Henry Kemp felt, given the fact that physicians weren't particularly interested in this issue in the 60s, that the best way to deal with it, and what they were dealing with at the time was physical abuse and neglect, uh, that the best way to deal with it was to mandate the reporting of suspected cases by physicians, teachers, and other professionals who saw children. And child welfare departments were charged with evaluating the families and trying to provide services uh, that would prevent, uh, that would in fact treat the family and prevent further cases of abuse happening. And in the 1960s, it was pretty successful. Uh, there weren't many cases around 
uh, Henry's original paper in 1962 estimated that there might be as many as uh, 749 children in the United States who are battered. Uh, once mandatory reporting started in the late 60s, by 1969, there were 60,000 cases reported. By 1979, it was 669,000 cases. And right around that time in the late 70s is when we rediscovered sexual abuse as an issue for children and families in the United States. And the whole field of abuse and neglect exploded and went in a different direction. And when I use the word exploded, I mean, number one, that the caseloads, the cases and reports dramatically increased. By 1990, there were 2.4 million reports. By 96, three and a half million reports. Uh, and it also exploded because the time and ability of child welfare to actually treat children and families uh, was over. Because physical abuse and sexual, uh, physical abuse and neglect were primarily viewed as social issues that services could, social services could provide help for, sexual abuse, on the other hand, was a criminal problem. And one of the hallmarks of uh, the United States and other countries uh, that are democracies is uh, that you cannot criminally uh, prosecute someone unless you can prove it beyond a reasonable doubt. Uh, the reason Henry Kemp never thought we should be approaching abuse and neglect criminally was because children were not very good witnesses and proving beyond a reasonable doubt what happened to the child when, who did it and how uh, was too high a bar. And his view was what we wanted to make sure was that whatever happened didn't happen again. But this country's approach to sexual abuse is primarily a criminal approach and as such, over the last 30 years, the child protection system in this country has gotten very adversarial, very criminalized, uh, and there is not much help uh, for children and families where abuse is an issue. So that's one person's view of the history uh, to date. There are lots of other histories. There are chapters and books written about the history of child abuse and neglect. Uh, but it's been, uh, the bottom line message is, number one, it's been around for thousands of years. Uh, number two, uh, it's still with us. Uh, and number three, we haven't quite addressed this problem the way we've addressed other scourges uh, that affected children and adults in the early years, like infection and malaria and uh, hunger and a wide variety of other things. So we have work to do. Uh, I hope that little bit of history gives you a sense of uh, what we have behind us. 
Uh, and the one thing I'd close with is Brant Steele, who was a psychiatrist who worked with Henry Kemp, always said, if you don't understand someone's behavior, you don't have enough history. So taking the time to really learn the history of not only what's going on in our field, but what's going on with the children and the families and the adults we're trying to serve uh, is critical if we're gonna make progress. This is Dick Krugman, and that's my history of the world of child abuse, according to Krugman. I want to thank each of you again for joining us today and listening in. If you or someone you know is being abused, please call 1-800-4-A-CHILD. To learn more about ENDCAN, visit www.endcan.org or find us on all social media platforms. Join us in being louder than silence and being a part of the change. Please leave a comment, like our podcast, or share with your friends. The more the word spreads, the more of a collective impact we can have. If you have a question or you know someone who would want to be a guest on our podcast, please contact be the change at endcan.org. Thanks again and have a great day.